Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. This ain't your abuelita's financial advice. I'm your host, Janice Torres Rodriguez, and I'm here to help you tackle grown woman business when it comes to all things dinero. We're going to talk about how to make it, keep it, and grow it. On that note, vamos. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is your host, Janice. Thank you so much for being here. If you're a new listener, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. And if you are a returning listener, hola chica, because I know you love this podcast because it's popping. So I know why you're back. Ow. But anyways, let me stop acting like a fool because I really need to get my life together. On today's episode, we're going to be talking to Judy from Hear Me Finance, and Judy and I connected on Instagram. She actually reached out to me to be on her IG Live to talk about my blog after she attended the Side Hustle Summit, and so we immediately connected. I am absolutely obsessed with Judy's story. I mean, if you want to talk about like somebody leveling up their life, yes, this lady has done it and more. She walked away from her career. She started a whole new career around personal finance. She took hold of her money situation and she killed it and she stayed killing it. She is killing it to this day. So I am super excited for you to hear this conversation. Now, before we get into that, I just want to remind you that on May 24th, we are going to be getting back together with all of the people who attended Finances in Fuego for a darty. Now, I don't know what the hell a darty was until Vanessa explained it to me. And a darty is basically a day party. I don't know who calls it that because I never heard that shit, but I'm like, okay, girl, whatever. You like to hang out in international places, so it's fine. 
whatever. But the point of my story is we are going to be getting together virtually via Zoom to reminisce about all of the fun and all the freaking awesome shit we learned during Finances in Fuego. We're going to talk about our money mistakes. We might do a little truth or dare. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to expect, y'all. But if you want to get in on it, make sure to head over to my Instagram at Yo Quiero Dinero Podcast to find out more information about how you can hang out with us. Okay. Now, let's get into this episode with Judy from Hear Me Finance. Judy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for I'm having really me. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, so we are fellow Instagram money nerds, right? That's how, kind of how we got yes. to know each other. And you found out about me as a blogger. Did you attend the Side Hustle Summit or you just found me like on Instagram? Well, I had found you on Instagram and then I I only attended your session in the summit specifically mm-hmm. because I had a client who is, is working right now to monetize her food blog. And then when I saw your, um, I had been following you, loved your account. And then I saw that you were doing that session. I, I was like, we have to join this. We need to learn everything <laughs> from Janice. <laughs> oh, that's so, so sweet. Yeah. I really appreciate you. And I found you on Instagram. Like I found most of the other people that have been on the podcast because you are talking about money, which I think mm-hmm. is on everybody's mind right now. So I want to get into you and your money story. Can you give us just a brief background on who you are, what you do, and kind of how you first got involved in this personal finance space? Yeah. So I, uh, I became a money coach. I guess I would, you could say I officially launched in January. I kind of started supporting people in their money journeys last fall. Um, I had been a union organizer for 11 years and I love that. But I was having some health issues last summer and ended up just feeling like it was the best thing for my my body and my health to move on from that. And I already was naturally a person that that helped people with with their budgets and talk people through money issues. And so when I was like, well, what else would I do if I wasn't a union organizer? And uh, I somehow found out that money coaching was a thing. Mm. <laughs> and um, I, I didn't even know before like 2019, I had no idea that it was a thing that people could do. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, so I, it, you know, and part of what led me to think, okay, I want to talk about money is because I went on my own money journey. It, and I, I would say it was a long journey <laughs> um, throughout my 20s and early 30s of figuring out my finances. And but it, although it was like long and intense and in hard at times, it's one of the proudest things that I've done in my life was learning how to manage my finances. And I did it pretty much all my own. I didn't have any support. And at the time I had no idea about the online finance community. I wasn't, you know, aware of all like the books or the things that, you know, the big famous speakers around money. I just kind of figured it out on my own. And then I realized, well, I don't think that other people should have to do it on their own. There are resources. And if, if I had had a money coach in my early twenties, then it wouldn't have taken me 10 years to figure out my stuff. And so I um, feel you on that. (laughs) We all could have used a money coach in our early 20s. Oh God. Yes. (laughs) So I want to talk about you and kind of your upbringing and like what your money story was like when you were younger. Yeah. So, um, so I think that 
really is part of why I had so many problems in my 20s with money. So my mom is an immigrant from Honduras. She came to the U.S. when I believe it was like she was like 17, maybe 18, but I believe it was 17. And she very quickly married my father. They hadn't known each other for very long. And he turned out to actually be very controlling and abusive. And um, so it's so interesting because I've, I've been open and throughout my life about the abuse that we experienced, emotional and physical abuse from my father. But then when, as I became a money coach, I started realizing that there was also all this financial abuse that I hadn't even connected, you know, about and thought about. And so um, I actually, you know, spent a lot of time as I was, I was becoming a money coach, talking to my mom about it. And there was just a lot of stuff where, you know, my dad would make a lot of money, but then he would blow it, but he would blow it on stuff for him. And so like my mom was on disability my whole childhood. So all of her disability checks automatically went to him and his businesses or to get him a new car. But when my mom would ask for stuff for herself or stuff for us, like I have two sisters, the family, uh, he, he would always say, no, like you can't have new clothes for the kids. No, you know, you can't spend money on school photos, but he could lease the, you know, the fancy new car that he wanted. And so I think mm. that like seeing that growing up and seeing him be really irresponsible with money, file for bankruptcy, he would uh, always have my mom write checks that he knew would bounce and they would constantly be paying overdraft fees. And so seeing all that growing up, I, I just, I knew there was so much dysfunction in all, my, <laughs> all, all these different areas. And so, um, so I just, I didn't have a good example of what it looks like to be responsible with your money, to know how to use it as a tool to, um, and to be able to, you know, I think part of it was also because of his irresponsibility with the money, we ended up constantly being poor. If he had been better with the money, we would have probably not, you know, had to move around so much or not been able to afford stuff. And so, um, so like growing up, not only seeing the irresponsibility, but also not having a lot because he never let us have anything. And he always wasted the money on stupid things, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Um, so that when I was in my twenties, I didn't have any examples to, to go off of. And I was making up for all this, this whole childhood of not getting, getting to have any of the things that I wanted. And so I spent my twenties just wasting my money away, going to anthropology and target and shopping all the time. Cause I was like, Oh, I have money now. I can, yeah. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> you know, I can find that is such a common story. I think. Yes. Yeah. That, that, and I love that you touched on and thank you for sharing. Cause I know it's really a vulnerable thing to talk about, especially when it comes to your upbringing, like financial abuse, I think is one of those things that like people don't even realize that it's its own category of abuse. You know, it's yes. really easy to see the signs of physical abuse and maybe even like mental abuse but like financial abuse i would argue is the most difficult to get away from because mm. you know let's be honest you don't have access to money how the hell are you going to get another place to live like it's it's almost like this invisible set of chains that keep you dependent on someone yes absolutely and that's a, yeah. the thing is like because my mom was on disability she was afraid to leave my father because she, she thought, well, I don't have enough income to really support my girls. And so if right. I leave him, I'm going to lose custody and I'm going to lose him forever. So she didn't have the courage to leave him till I, my older sister was already in college and I was graduating from high school. And so I think at that point she felt a little freer because she's like, well, I only have one, one daughter left in high school to support. And so it'll be easier for mm. me to get away from him. 
but it, if she had had this oh, wow. oh, sorry go ahead no I was gonna say how tough can that decision be like that you're gonna stay in an abusive relationship because you know you just can't afford to go anywhere else that's that's so sad yeah it really is it really is yeah. I'm proud of my mom now she's so much stronger she's really coming to her own and she has a great career now and so it's really great to see her grow. Um, so I'm, you know, we have no regrets about what we went through, but yeah. I also want to support other women in getting out of situations like that. That's amazing. So I want to talk about your kind of your college career and how you started um, your career as a union organizer and, you know, more details around that and what your money spending was like now that you were like, quote unquote, made making it right you were earning big bucks yes <laughs> yeah so I think you know so when I got my job I thought wow I'm rich and I think at the time I was making like 30 40k a year but compared to what I grew up with that was a lot of money and yeah. so um and part of it was the my job had also moved me from LA to Philadelphia and I was so so lonely being in mm. Philadelphia, it was felt like a whole another world to me. And it was hard to make friends, especially because my job uh, had a lot of hours, and it was very demanding. And so it was hard to adjust to this job that was very difficult and challenging, and then also figure out a way to find my place in Philadelphia, and and develop good friendships that I could really rely on and really connect with. And so I ended up just being super lonely there. And I was doing, I, looking back, I realized I was like, all my spending was emotional spending. It was to mm. compensate for the, the stress of my job. It was to compensate for the loneliness I was feeling in Philadelphia. So I would constantly, if I was a Sunday where it was like my only day off and I just wanted to relax, I'd go to the movies and get a pedicure and go out to eat by myself just to make myself feel better being in this new city and not knowing anyone. And so, um, so I quickly racked up, uh, 11,000 in credit card debt. And that's when I was like, okay, <laughs> something has to change. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I can totally relate to emotional spending. I think especially women are susceptible to that. Um, and I think yes. in a way, society kind of programs us to think like retail therapy is an actual thing, and it does not help <laughs> you at all. Mm -mm. That is not the kind of therapy that you should be participating in. Mm -hmm. uh, because I, I can speak for myself when I say I don't think I've ever made a good decision in an emotional state. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's powerful. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, if you don't approach something from a place of logic, you're probably going to make a decision that you normally would not make. Um, yes. You know, so yeah, that's, that's, that's so super true. powerful. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you said $11,000 in credit card debt. So that must have been daunting. Like, what did you do? Or what was the light bulb moment that made you realize like, look, I need, I need to get this together because this is not life right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically what happened was, so my younger sister graduated from college um, in the recession time. And so her and her now husband had moved to Japan to get jobs teaching uh, English over in Japan because it was very hard at the time after graduating here to find jobs in the U.S. And so uh, they were also very lonely. I, you know, I was lonely in Philly. They were lonely in Japan. Well, at least my sister was. And so 
we ended up, uh, my mom and I decided to go to, to Japan to spend Christmas with them. And so we could actually spend the holidays together and not, you know, spend another Christmas apart. And I had to actually borrow money from my mom to take that trip because my credit card was maxed out. And my mom was making less money than me and was really, was not in the, you know, the best financial shape. And so for me, that was like, wow, I should not have to borrow money from her to be able to take this trip. And when I look back, I actually found an old email from my sister where she was sharing with us, oh, these are all the places that we want to go out to eat, want to take you guys to explore. And I had to email her back and say, you know, I'm really excited about this trip, but I just maxed out my credit card and had to borrow money from mom (laughs) to go on this trip. So I don't know if I could afford to go to all these places. It was kind of embarrassing to admit that I couldn't afford to go to all these places, even though I was like so excited about going to this other country, exploring. It's my first time ever going overseas. And so, um, so that's when I knew when I came back that I had to make a change and so as, literally as soon as I, I got back, I was actually inspired. My younger sister was like, no problem. We'll make a lot of our meals at home. And, and they even treated me. They were very generous during the trip. And she cooked so many fabulous meals. She's a great cook. I am not. <laughs> not, not like you, Janice. I wish I was. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And so basically, she uh, when I came back, she had always had like a rice cooker with rice around and would just like fry an egg and put on top of it, you know, maybe saute some spinach, put it on the rice. And so I got a rice cooker when I got back. I uh, got a loan from my local credit union to pay off the credit card, started bringing my lunch at least more often to work, stopped spending the same way I was before. And within like a year, year and a half, I paid off the credit, the debt. It was amazing how once I actually just made that choice, how I was able to, to do it very quickly. It was really kind of exciting and powerful. Yeah. So I want to talk about the kind of mindset shift that has to happen for something like that to, to, to occur. Right. Cause it's one thing to say like, yeah, I want to be debt free, but like, how do you actually get in the mindset that you need to actually accomplish that? Hmm. Huh. So I think the thing that I think is most important is to decide why you want to do it. Because if you mm-hmm. just say, I, I want to pay off my debt, but don't know why you're doing it, it's, you don't have that incentive, right? And yeah. it, so like I always tell my clients, if you have a specific goal of I want to get debt free so I can go to trips, like go to Japan without feeling stressed about it, or so I can uh, buy a house, or so that I can live more comfortably and be able to afford that new couch for my for my apartment, whatever it is. So if you know what you want, it's a lot easier to make the sacrifice and to choose to not buy the pair of shoes or not go out to eat as often or not go to the movies because you know you're doing it for a reason. And if you do that thing, you're going to get something else in return. And so Mm -hmm. knowing what you're going to get in return helps make that shift. It gets you excited for what you're going to get for doing the work. But if you don't know what you're going to get for doing the work, why do the work? So I think that's the most important thing. That's great. So did you have other debts besides your credit card debt that you decided to tackle as well? Well, so that's an interesting question because so I had I had a little bit of student loan debt. I was really lucky that I only I can't even remember the total amount, but I think it was somewhere between 15,000 and 20,000 in student loan Mm -hmm. debt. And 
although my 20s had made a lot of bad decisions, one thing that I'm really glad that I did is I made sure that the there were large deductions in my taxes, so I would always get a refund. And I know there's controversial mm. opinions on you know whether or not people should do that. But although I was really bad at budgeting, I knew I would always get, you know, anywhere from two to three thousand in my tax refund every year. And I always just threw all of it towards my student loans. And so because of that, the it, it didn't take a ton of time getting to pay, having to pay off my student loans because I always like threw that money at it every year and made sure I made all of my minimum payments. And so the thing is, so once I paid off the credit card debt, I thought, well, I'm fine. I only have a little bit in student loans. I don't have a little bit in a car loan. It's not that big of a deal. I'm good. And I started saving and I had maybe like $2,000 in savings. But then I ended up getting sick. So this was like about six years ago, I believe, six Mm -hmm. or seven years ago. I got sick and took time off work. And I ended up having to go back to work sooner than my body really wanted to go back to work because I was running out of money. Mm. And that was like, I would say, the next phase of my money journey where I I decided, okay, (laughs) just getting rid of the credit card debt wasn't enough. I need to get rid of all debt and I need to save seriously because mm-hmm. if I had be- done that before, I could have taken a year off and been totally fine. Got and it. so like, that's when I, I made a decision when I went, actually, when I went back to work, what I did is I decided to have a no spend year. And oh, wow. um, yeah, <laughs> I still allowed myself to do some eating out, although I drastically decreased that. But what I decided is I wouldn't buy anything that I didn't absolutely need. So, um, you know, no clothes, no books. I also cut, I stopped getting pedicures, started doing them at home. No haircuts, no hair dyes, no movies, no concerts, nothing. And so the only thing is I was still allowed to eat out sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did. I did. And, but it was the most amazing year ever because I realized I had plenty of books already. I had plenty of candles. I had plenty of clothes. Like I didn't need to be buying more of these things. And it had teach, taught me to be more creative. So I started going to the park more. I started you know, having picnics with friends. I started inviting friends over more. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. And getting into board games and borrowing things from people rather than buying them. And it was so powerful because I realized that I already had everything that I needed. And the, mm. the, all the spending I'd have been doing was just unconscious. I just, I didn't even know why yeah. I was doing it. So, um, so then I got out of debt and saved up like $20,000. I think within two years, completely paid off my debt, saved up $20,000. Uh, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. And I think so many people are reflecting right now on that same, like, what do I actually need? Right. Mm. Because we're kind of been, everything's been taken away from us all these things that we would normally spend money on just are not accessible. And I think a lot of people are realizing like, I don't really need to be spending the amount of money that I'm spending on all this stupid stuff because it's not actually doing anything to improve the quality of my life or to improve the quality of my relationships. And I think that people are learning like to substitute all that spending and the mindlessness and they're, they're coming to a place where they're starting to appreciate just the company of people and like things that don't actually have a price, which I think is awesome. Oh, yes. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. I really hope that people come out of this period in our, in our world, just reevaluating what's important to them. And I think that people will come out of it much happier because I know I have come out of my journey much happier and realizing what's important to me. And I, I, because of that now have financial freedom. I had the, 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 what was the great thing was the second time when I got sick last summer, I had the freedom to quit my job and I had the freedom to start my own business. And even if I didn't, I've made a lot of money in my business, but even if I didn't make money in my business, I, we could live, our cost of living is so little for me and my husband that I could not work for years and it would be totally fine. And so that is the ultimate goal, isn't it? Just that level of freedom (laughs) that you can dictate what your entire life looks like without feeling like you are forced into doing anything that you don't want to do. Oh, yes. And now the great thing is I get to build my business, not because I have to, but because I want to and because Mm. I enjoy it. Like I love working with women and I love working with couples and I it like, it's actually so funny. I tell, so this one couple that I work with, I have this, the, the Excel spreadsheet budget that I share with my clients. So that mm-hmm. way we can work together on our calls. And now I, I got so addicted to paying off debt and saving money. And like, because I started training myself to get endorphins when I would make goals, make progress in my financial journey. And so now I get to get endorphins when I see my, my clients 
uh, my clients make progress. So I tell one of my clients, they've been doing so well on their debt-free journey that every once in a while, when I'm just looking to feeling, want to get a little kick of energy, I'll look at their spreadsheet to get really excited <laughs> that they paid off some more debt. And I like dance around. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> as if I That's paid awesome. off the debt. <laughs> it just That's gets great. me so happy. <laughs> yeah. I think you're making a big difference for a lot of people's lives because I think one of the reasons why so many people get discouraged around personal finance is because they might not have anybody around them that like knows the language, right? And that yes. just understands the concepts and can break things down for you. And I think that's where a money coach comes in. So I'd love for you to talk about like what you actually do for your clients. Yeah. So, um, well, one of the interesting thing is I didn't realize like what it was going to be like being a money coach. <laughs> I just kind of dove in. Um, but one of the fun parts is that like a lot of my clients are in very different places and I actually really enjoy that. I feel like I learned something from every single client and from their situation. And so most of my clients I'm helping with, uh, their debt-free journey. And I really, really love that. And, but then like the other client I mentioned, she's working on monetizing her food blog and I actually didn't know much about it, but was able to walk her through that journey and learn myself about how to monetize by helping her find the resources to get the information that she needed. And, but part of that is like, because the reason why I can help all these different people, even though I may not know a hundred percent of, of their situation or haven't been through their exact situation part of coaching is not just about the information. Yes, I know a lot of financial things. I know the terms. I know a lot of the stuff about the finance world. But being a coach is more about helping people through their limiting beliefs and their the walls that they come up against because of their past and their trauma with money. And so helping them not only figure out where that's coming from, but helping them by giving them tools to get past those limiting beliefs and turn around that scarcity mindset into the abundance mindset. As I always tell my clients is you could have the best plan, the best budget, you could have all the knowledge, but if you still have those limiting beliefs in the back of your head, telling you that you are bad with money, telling you that you can never have any sort of wealth, then your subconscious is going to find ways to self-sabotage you, all right? Mm. And so that's mm -hmm. what I really love. So, um, so I work with clients one one on one, but I'm actually launching now um, my group program, the Money Confidence Club, which I'm so excited about. And the first uh, series of a three month program is going to be the um, the program to help people on their debt free journey, help them learn how to create their budget in a way that's going to stick, help them with the mindset stuff, help them become a conscious spender, and walk them through everything that they're going to need in order to stop just spending mindlessly, but actually purchasing based on what they actually need and actually want. Because that's the amazing mm. thing is, is it's not about not getting what you want, but often the stuff you think you want, you don't really want. Just you yes. see other people have them <laughs> and you think that you should want them because they want them or the corporations and the ads tell you you want them. And so realizing it's like, do you, is it, is it just the ads or the other people telling you that you want this? Or do you actually have a real desire to have this thing? And if you do, that is okay. If it will bring value to your life, totally okay to buy that thing. That There should be no shame in buying things that you want. But part of it is like, how do you really get to know yourself and start identifying what it is that you actually want in life? I love that. 
So I'm curious, what kind of work did you do to get past your scarcity mindset and just your limiting beliefs? Ooh. Um, (laughs) So I think gratitude was one of the biggest things. And so being able to really appreciate everything that I have in my life currently made a huge difference. And so part of that was like just slowing down and learning to appreciate sitting on my couch with a cup of tea in the morning and really enjoy that time to learn to appreciate like I'm really lucky in our apartment. We get to hear the birds. There's so many birds in our neighborhood. And so like I wake up in the morning and just sit and listen to the birds. And so I have a lot of like gratitude journaling practices and like literally like these mental practices that I go through where I'm grateful for all the little things in my life. And part of that helped me feel and realize that I was actually, I felt wealthy on my debt-free journey. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I would tell people I'm rich. (laughs) I'm totally rich. And part of it was also realizing whether or not I had all the things that you're supposed to have compared to what I had in my childhood, I had so much money. And so Mm -hmm. realizing that I had that access made me so grateful and it made me realize that I don't need to spend it to prove that I have the money. And actually, if I don't spend it, I'm better off and I'm actually wealthier than other people that I know in my life who have the nice things but are in debt and then asking me to borrow money, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I'd rather be the one who maybe doesn't have the nice thing. Well, I still, I mean, I would say I have nice things, (laughs) you know, but I would say I have them when I have the money for them and when I put it in my budget and when I'm intentional about it. Mm, And so because, yeah, so because of that, I have thousands of dollars in the bank, thousands of dollars in investments, you know, and I have that security. I know that I can do whatever I want with my life. And honestly, that attracts more money into my life. And so all of a sudden I'll find like money, like projects coming to my husband that'll pay him an extra $4,000 or I'll get new clients. Like more than I, there's more than I ever need out there. And when I'm thankful for what I already have, more tends to come to me. I love that. And I think it ties into your money mantra, right? So if you could share that with us. Yeah. It's that I'm rich. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I'm totally freaking rich. I love that. So that's what you tell yourself to attract and to keep yourself in the abundance mindset. Yes, absolutely. I literally, um, I've, I've gotten to a practice of celebrating every single little thing in my life. And so I literally, if I, if someone schedules a discovery call with me to potentially work with me as, as their coach, even if they like haven't, I don't know for sure if they're going to decide to work with me. I just see that I get a discovery call scheduled. I will run around my apartment, run up to my husband (laughs) and start chanting, I'm rich, I'm rich, (laughs) I'm totally rich. If I do something like I put money into my Roth IRA, I'll start running around the apartment. I'm rich. (laughs) I'm totally rich. (laughs) And me and my husband start high-fiving each other. (laughs) Like everything that happens. It's about celebrating those small things, right? Those small things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing I've I've seen um, with clients is they actually, there are some clients who do have a lot of money, make a lot of money, and they spend a lot of money yet they still don't feel rich because they're not celebrating the little things. 
And I find that when you celebrate the little things, you don't feel like you need to spend as much because everything means so much. And so when, uh, when things don't mean anything, you feel like you need more and more and more to fill that void, right? But when girl, it means a lot... That is like a whole <laughs> sermon, my gosh, for real. <laughs> it's, it's just powerful. I'm just like, I literally feel like so blessed in my life and so grateful. And it's like the more grateful I am, the better things get. Like they say, the better it gets, the better it gets. Yes. Love that. And I think mindset is where it all begins, right? Like you cannot oh. achieve something from a place of lack. Like you cannot attract abundance if you don't believe that you deserve it. And so that's like the first step. 110%. Absolutely. Yes. You change your mindset, you change your life. I really believe that. Amen. Okay. So I want to know what advice would you give to someone who wants to start getting control of their finances, but has no idea where to start? Hmm. That's a great question. I would definitely start with, Ooh, let me think about this. So there's like so many things. <laughs> um, you know what? Okay. I know what I want to say. I would start by forgiving yourself for whatever resentment you have towards yourself or anger you have towards yourself for feeling like you you don't have your finances together, feeling like you don't know how to deal with money. Because I think that literally that's the thing that stops people from taking action. When you have all this mm. regret, when you have all this shame around money, that's going to keep you from doing the things that you do, that you need to do to get your finances where you want them to be. And so if you could just forgive yourself and try to release that shame, and part of that is just literally sitting down, you know, every single day. And I would say to yourself, I forgive myself. I have no reason to feel shame. I've been doing the best that I can. And I'm continuing to grow and continuing to learn so that I can get to where I want to be. And literally, I would do that every single day. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards... Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Okay, until you start to really feel it. And, um, and I think that'll be the first thing to break that cycle, right? And break those negative beliefs. And then I, mm -hmm. would, I would just start by doing one thing at a time, whether it's once a week, you know, listening to a podcast about money, like Yo Quiero Dinero podcast, oh, <laughs> um, or following someone on Instagram, like you can follow me <laughs> and get yes. all kinds of tips at, uh, at Hear Me Finance. <laughs> um, or it's then opening a high yield savings account 
or, you know, tracking your spending for one month. Like literally don't try to do it all at once. You will drive yourself crazy. Do literally one thing at a time and start to be okay with doing one thing at a time. So that's what I would share with someone. That's so true. And I think that that comes down to, you know, like when you think about New Year's Eve, everybody's setting all these like resolutions, but you're not actually putting a plan behind them most of the time. You're just setting like this huge goal. And it's no surprise that most people fail to achieve their New Year's resolution. So I think it's the same thing when you're trying to make a change with personal finance and the way that you handle money. Like, you need not only a goal, but you need to break it down into actual steps to achieve because yes. just some big lofty, vague goal, like I want to, you know, have money. Okay. That's great. We all want that. But like, what are you actually going to implement in your life to man- to manifest that? Are you going to start looking for a new job? If so, then you're going to have to revise your resume or maybe create a new one. You're going to have to start networking, maybe start a LinkedIn page. Maybe you're going to start attending events. Maybe you have a specific Mm -hmm. goal about how many jobs you're going to apply for in a day. So it's just about making those, those small steps that you can actually hold yourself accountable to so that you can see that progress. Because I think the progress more than anything is what keeps people on the path to success. If you don't actually see the progress and you don't document that, then how do you actually know you're making, you know, a change? Yes. And I think that brings it back to celebrating everything because there's some people Mm -hmm. who I see are making progress, but feel like they aren't because they aren't recognizing or celebrating the progress that they're making. And so not only work just one step at a time, but every time you take that step, congratulate yourself, celebrate, you know, do a little dance. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right, Judy. So I want to know where can we find out more about you and follow your journey? Yeah, so um, my website is uh, www.hearmefinance, so H-E-A-R, mefinance.com, and you can find me on Instagram and at hearmefinance on Twitter, but I rarely post there, <laughs> but one day I'll get better at that. <laughs> um, awesome. But yeah, like I have a lot of programs for anybody who's looking for support. I offer one-on-one coaching. I have group programs, so I would love, like, but also... I love just helping people. So if you have a question, you can DM me, you know, um, yeah, I'd love to, to just even talk to any of you listeners and support you on your journey. You don't have to work with me to, um, for us to have a relationship and to support each other on our journeys. Excellent. Judy, thank you so much. This was an amazing conversation and I am so grateful for the work that you are doing to empower people to feel like they actually control their money versus their money controlling them. So thank you. Thank you. I'm just seriously so honored. And it's just, it's a real privilege to be able to talk with you. And, and I just want to say, I want to be like you. (laughs) (laughs) The feeling is mutual, girlfriend. Thank you so much. I hope you guys love this episode. I was just so inspired by Judy, especially the fact that she was able to walk away from a career that you know, look stable and you think like, yeah, this is their responsible adult thing to do. Like I can so relate to feeling like just want to walk away from this shit because I know there's more for me. You know, there is so much emphasis and so much 
There's so much emphasis placed on like, you know, doing the responsible thing, doing the safe thing, doing the comfortable thing. And we never grow from a place of comfort. I think if you go back to my episode about doing the scary shit, which was the first episode I released for the year 2020, I talked about how every time I've done something that's been completely out of my comfort zone, it has just taken me to the next level. And I think Judy's literally a prime example of that. I hope this story inspires you that if you find something that really just lights you up and that you know you can make into a full-time hustle, girl, I don't know what you're waiting for. Like you need to be on that now because you never know what is possible if you never even start. As always, if you're loving this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. Please make sure to share it with your friends and family. And please make sure to leave a review because how's everybody going to find out about this poppin' ass podcast if you're keeping it a secret to yourself, okay? So let's not be greedy. Let's share this with the world because if you're loving it, then that means somebody that you love is going to love it too. Until next time, guys, I hope you stay inspired. I hope that you stay curious and I hope that you stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated contents constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.